get low, you can still go. Even yeah, when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. Go, 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 go. Every single day I'll be making moves Till I'm buried in my grave To the system I don't wanna be a slave I've been doing shit my way uh, Or the highway Episode 7 Lucky number 7 Max 7 plays Take it to the Max Sports Podcast With your host Max Murphy And with a weekly guest That we're gonna start having on Starting today Starting this episode Who we had on Episode 3 Samuel Ashley, um, he will be using his sports knowledge and graining that into my brain and all of your guys' brains. Some of you may know him, some friends of the show, Thomas Jeske, Tristan Wilson, some homies back in Bismarck. Um, some of you may know him, some of you may disagree with him. He's polarizing, he's good, he knows what he's doing, not as good as me, uh, just kidding, but NFL Week Three. That was crazy. We had lots going on. We had the Minnesota Vikings with an absolutely disgusting win. KJ Osborne sealed the game. Last year when the Buffalo Bills lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's when it flipped a switch with me. I've been watching the NFL. I've been watching college. I've been doing watching being a big fan of sports ever since I was little. But when Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills last year, who was arguably the worst team versus one of the best teams until we got to the playoffs and the Bills only won one playoff game and they underachieved, that's when I realized the NFL, the parity in the NFL, why it is king compared to everything else, why the ratings are so much higher than the NBA, why they're so much higher than... Golf, why they're so much higher than baseball, hockey, college basketball, college football. The parody of it. The Jaguars beating the Bills. The Lions, the defeated, the winless Lions beating the Vikings. And so many other games is where I realized the NFL just rules. The script writers couldn't have written anything better than last week. Russell Wilson has nothing going the whole game. It's a punt fest. Jimmy Garoppolo is under, under um, discomfort throughout the whole game. Jimmy G doesn't look comfortable. The 49ers don't look good. What does Russell Wilson do? Well, the script writers had it so that he turns into his Seahawks self. And his Seahawks self did what he did best. His defense was good. The Broncos' defense is good. And... When they needed a drive, when they needed a touchdown, Russell Wilson delivered. At the way end of the game, when it really mattered, Russell Wilson led them to victory. They're 2-1. and one. They don't look good, but they're 2-1, and one, right? The Buffalo Bills playing with their practice squad. Enough with that excuse, guys. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I'm scrolling through the media, Twitter, everything. I'm seeing all these memes about how the Bills aren't playing with anyone. Get out of here. I'm going to talk about that later. But look around the league, guys. Injured teams find ways to win. The Titans without Harold Landry. Left ta- left tackle. Both out for the year. Both star players. The Vikings without their leader on defense, Harrison Smith. They found a way to win. The Rams with every guy but their stars out. O-linemen. Defense. Secondary. The Cowboys without their soaring quarterback. Enough with this. Oh, they're playing the practice squad, so it doesn't ma- count. doesn't matter. I know the Bills fans are rough. Bills Mafia is crazy. They'll come up with any excuse for a loss. But you guys got outplayed. Um, you let someone punt into the other guy's ass, and you still lost. Uh, Ken Dorsey losing his absolute mind. We're going to talk about that later. Um, Vikings gross win. Are the Colts that bad? You guys talk bad about the Colts. They finally won. One, one, and one. Almost tied for the top of the division if the Jags didn't beat them. Like I've been saying, Colts aren't bad. Chiefs? 
Travis Kelsey. Clemson, top four team. DJ Uigalele. I don't know how to say his name. But DJ absolutely balled out. I'm going to bring it up later in the show. But 26 for 41, 371 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. And you guys are worried about Clemson's offense against a top 20 team, Wake Forest? Game on Saturday is the reason Georgia isn't in my top four. They haven't been in my top four the whole year, but Georgia's not my top four. Why? They can barely beat Kent State. Kent State! Give me a break. I know they're really good. They're no Clemson. They're no USC. They're no Bama. They're no Ohio State. Disagree with me all you want until we get to the playoffs and Georgia gets rolled. Shall we do it, though? What do you say we have our guest on? Um, week... Episode 7, week 3, no, sorry, week 4 of the NFL now, week 5 of college football, Samuel Ashley. Here I am. What's up, man? How are you? How are we doing, man? Good. I'm just chilling, you know, ready to talk some sports. Um, maybe you guys in the comments, uh, we, we get lots of comments on this podcast, Sam. We get a few, sometimes we get a couple Sometimes we get a single comment. Shout out Thomas Jeske last week. But I want in the comments some names for what our weekly weekly update with Sam can be. Let's get that rolling because we're really struggling with a name. We need a title. We need one. Need a brand. Need a title on this show. Uh, let's get right into NFL Week 3 little recap. What are some of your takeaways? Some Maybe takeaways. Three, three to five takeaways. What did you notice? Things I thought about. I mean, obviously, I got to bring up the Chargers game. Just that the Jaguars are for real, bro. The Jaguars All are right. for real. Trevor Lawrence is that guy. You know, I love success stories. Seeing Justin Herbert, 4.0 biology GPA student, you know, gets is, to take over the best franchise in the NFL and then eventually Char- is going to win a Super Bowl. You're saying Trevor Lawrence see- is him? I love to see success stories, yes. Yeah, so I'd love to see Trevor Lawrence become him. But I'm saying that, uh, Taking away from week three, he looks he looks like the real deal. Um, I also Something that we didn't see with Urban Meyer last year. It, it kind of shows, hey, uh, you might need a coach Winning to be a good quarterback. Reset, yeah. Doug Pearson makes a difference with that. Winning culture. Well, someone else who's trying to set a culture, you know, the coach Mike McDaniels of, of the Dolphins is doing a great job. He just beat – although the Bills had – they started three sixth-round rookies in their secondary. They're still they're still a good team that Tua beat. So I think the Dolphins are a team to take serious. We'll see that later on in the power rankings. And then uh, the Ravens power and Eagles. Power rankings coming up. The power rankings. But, yeah, no, the Ravens and Eagles are also two teams that should not be slept on. I think the Eagles are starting to get, starting to get their praise, but I think the Ravens are still a little slept on. Just how about the How about the only winless team in your division? The Raiders. What's going on? The Raiders are a team with an iffy offensive line and lack of, you know, defensive talent outside of their pass rushers. And so they're finding troubles to close games, you know. Like the the Cardinals game, very close game that they they had and couldn't hold on to. Are you watching these games with the boys that like the Raiders? I'm watching them with a with a one, you know. It's got to be tough. He's all right. He he stays quiet. He's a quiet guy by nature. Everyone who knows him knows that about it's him. It's got to be a tough scene though. Never never like to see that upon our fellow friends and their I, team I struggling. I personally love the downfall of the AFC West outside of the Chargers. Down. I mean, okay, yeah, the Chiefs lost to the Colts, but you think that's a downfall? You think the two and one, two and one Broncos. I'm saying that we were talking about the Raiders, though. I think the 0-3 yeah. Raiders is a downfall, and that just makes me happy. I also do think the 2-1 Broncos are a downfall because Russell Wilson is, like, 18th. He's leading this offense like the 18th best passing defense or passing offense. You know, I really wish I cared about that. Um, the I do. are nothing special. No, no, I... that from week three, like, when I was on here. The Broncos are nothing special, and that's something... I really wish I cared about what you just said, but unfortunately I don't because I look at the standings and I see the Broncos ahead of the Chargers and and tied for the top of the division. Let's let's watch the rest of the season. (laughs) That's unfortunate. I'm excited to see the Chargers come back from injury. Dolphins, though. I do want to touch on that. 
They play tonight. They play in T-minus 10 minutes with Mr. Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels on Amazon Prime. You have Amazon Prime? You've been watching these Thursday night games? One of them was the Chargers, uh, Chargers yeah, game. So where yeah. Justin Herbert looked like Superman. Exactly. Coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. coming back out there. The league hurt his ribs. I didn't know how, obviously, Amazon Prime's going to put out a great product. But having Richard Sherman, having, do you listen to Richard Sherman? He is the man. I his, to his podca- podcast. Yeah. Dude, he's the best. He's a Stanford grad, really smart dude. Another really smart dude on that crew, Ryan Fitzmagic. Patrick Harvard. Harvard dude. Highest Wonderlick test of all time. Tony Tony Gonzalez. I love when he goes on Colin, Colin no. Coward. Or he used to because he was on yeah, he's on the Fox crew. But Thursday night football. Their animations that they do, like the little pregame hype that they got going down, the weekly countdown. They put out a good product. And they're putting out a great product tonight. What do we got tonight, Sam? Oh my uh, god. How about these Final white score. unis? We're gonna. I'm gonna the ask. Uh, white bangles are nice. I'm gonna ask the man behind the scenes, Mr. Colin Bach, to put a little graphic of yeah. of the dolphins. What do we, What do we got there, Colin? Oh. Uh, go ask to put a little graphic of these unreal whiteout. Jer- hey, not just the jerseys though. Not just the helmets. The field with the white logo and the white end zones. My lord. All just to get beat by the Dolphins. What did he say? All just for Alabama Tua to come beat LSU Joe. Tua's you think? Tua's coming. Well, I mean, it's not going to be Tua's, Tua's uh, responsibility. You know, it's not going to be his. The reason they win isn't going to be because of Tua. It's going to be because of Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddell and Mike Gesicki and the inability to cover them. The Bengals get, don't have the talent. Eli get Allen. your... Get your pro- get your popcorn ready because we're about to see Tyree Kill and Eli Apple in action. It's gonna be exciting. Let's just say there's two different levels. There's Tyreek level, and then you go down a couple notches, and you got Eli Apple, who thinks that he can hang with him. And we might. And you got Justin Jefferson. Keep going down, and you got Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, and Eli Apple. We could eat our words. What if he goes for like, like, what if he pulls like a Super Bowl performance, or it was also the AFC Championship, where he does lock down uh, Tyreek Hill. See that. I mean, I think Tyreek might be the most unstoppable, not the best wide receiver, but the most unstoppable force against uh, someone who doesn't really know what they're doing on the football field. So it's it's gonna it's gonna be chaos. Yeah, it's I see my. Crazy. I walk into my apartment every day, and Teddy's in there playing Madden with a franchise where he has Tyreek Hill and it doesn't even fucking matter who the quarterback is, who anyone is, because if they press Tyreek Hill, I mean, it's numbers, it's statistics, 99 speed is going to be. Brandon Staley is such a good coach. He's an analytics coach. It's right. 99 speed and Madden is going to cook at 81 speed cornerback every single time. And it's literally Tyreek Hill does some video game esque stuff every once in a while, and he'll just go for 200 yards like he did against, why am I blanking, the week before the Bills. Oh, the Ravens. Yeah, when him and Jalen Waddle went off. But I do not think, uh, coming off a really emotional win, they've had really, like, the last two weeks, the big comeback against the Ravens, now the big win against Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. I don't think with a short turnaround they go into Cincinnati and win. I think it'll be a close game. But I think, think over four, scoring? no, over forty-eight points. So I you love. Think the Bengals are going to win a shootout. I think they're going. How Sam? How else are the like? Look at last year. How else did the Bengals win games? Their defense isn't stout. They they can put point even with the battle line with Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T Higgins. They can they, Tyler, but they can put points. Playing worse this year. They're talent. They're much more talented than last year, but they're playing worse. But I'm saying the only way they're going to win, the only way they have been winning, is in shootout type games. And you're going to be in a shootout when you play the Dolphins. I, yeah, I just think the Dolphins are made to win shootout games because they've got pick creators, they've got turnover creators at all all defensive back positions, and Javon Holland. Or, you know, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, pick monsters, turnover monsters, and that's just getting points on the board for Tua. So, the Bengals, 
Okay, so they started the season 0-2. They lapped 23 against... Oh, boy. They lapped 23 against the Steelers. Give me a break. With Mitch Mitch Trubisky. George Pickens. But that offense is in shambles. They lapped 23 points to the Steelers. They lapped 20 points to Cooper Rush, who's the real deal. Whatever. 20 points. I mean, it's fair when when you're facing a quarterback like Cooper Rush. Let's be real. Um... But how are they gonna? How are they gonna keep the? Hey, which is why they could win. But how are they gonna keep the Dolphins, who are averaging like thirty points per game? They, they can't. Anyone? It's, it's, I don't know. No, I'm saying that over forty-eight points, Sam. They're gonna no, put I'm up not, points. Not, yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. the Dolphins' defense isn't great. They got Xavier and Howard Byron. I mean, they got like they have good guys, especially in their secondary. Games. But, I mean, Melvin Ingram shouldn't be slept on. Former Chargers shout-out. Shouldn't be sleeping on him. Christian Wilkins is very funny. He's I a funny the guy. Dolphins by a million. I got the Dolphins by a million. Respect, but I think over 48 points. Um, Chargers. Joey Bosa out for a couple weeks. Just, just came in. Rashawn Slater. Out for the air. I got before I let you take over the mic. I got a little bit of a hot take with Rashawn Slater being out. Let me hear it. It's not a hot take. It's just kind of what I noticed. All off season, Khalil Mack. Let's send eighty three first round picks for this guy. Let's go and get another edge guy to help we, Joey Bosa. We traded right? a second round pick and a sixth round pick for Khalil Mack. Yeah, an absolute steal. Okay, mm-hmm. what about J C Jackson? In free agency, going and making him the one of the highest paid cornerbacks, I think Rashawn Slater being out for the year. Whoop de doo! They're the most aggressive win now franchise in the league, and they're going to go get a left tackle to protect a man who is already injured right now, Justin Herbert. Yes, yeah. he's very good, but I think they're going to go and get someone. Their left tackles him. in the market. I mean. Andrew Whitworth actually got some calls from the Bengals after Tyron Smith went down. I don't think he'd come back to the Chargers. But um, players like Dwayne Brown, who played for the Jets, are, are definitely someone that we're looking at. I thought we were looking at them before the season started to fix our right tackle spot. But uh, now that Rashawn Slater's down, I definitely think we're going to have to address that, make some cuts in other places. But uh, as far as Joey Bosa goes for the next few weeks, I mean, Chris Rumpf played really good. He's our he's our backup outside linebacker. Um, Played really well in, in preseason. And Backup outside wide. linebacker? Mm-hmm. Pass rusher, you know. And he's a rookie? No, he's a second year. So he's in our rotation. Um, okay. With Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and then Chris Rumpf. And then Kyle Van Noy gets in there sometimes. But this so you're is saying exactly why. That with Chris like Rumpf. So with a guy like Chris Rumpf and Kyle Van Noy, obviously our Patriot legend. Our depth is going to fill up, yeah. It's going to keep you guys kind of in the game. It's why we made the moves in, in the offseason. It's why we were aggressive for players like Kyle Van Noy. And then also, you know, veteran players like Sebastian Joseph Day, who can still get pass rush from inside, Austin Johnson. It's just a stacked team. I totally forgot that they have Kenneth Murray. What's his production been like? Kenneth Murray? Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he, got, he got drafted under uh, – we traded back up for him in the first under a different, uh, you know, regime, Anthony Lynn. But a Brandon Staley's assistant. Different. I don't know if you want to call Anthony Lynn a regime, but we'll we'll go. No, with it, that. it was his era, I guess. But uh, the Brandon Staley regime is starting, and a Kenneth Murray isn't playing too bad in it. I mean, given Brandon Staley's one of the best defensive minds in the game right now, one of the most you know modern styles of defenses. It's pretty easy to succeed in that, especially when you've got the athleticism that you know. Uh, Dude, but I should be here. I should be hearing more about this guy. Kenneth, I saw him at Oklahoma. Yeah, he is. God, he was good. Skip Bayless knows about him. Skip Bayless Why is that? that guy. Oh, he's just a big Oklahoma guy. Big, big Oklahoma he's and big Cooper time. Rush. Big Cowboys guy. Big Cooper Rush. You know why, Miss Sam? First take what do you mean? With, with Skip Bayless going after Stephen A. The most iconic show... Slash debate, slash just outraging, hot take show of all time. And now, I, I can't even watch first take because they got rid of the GOAT, Max Kellerman. And they replaced him with 83 different bums. That Max's I new show is good, though. Max and uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Isn't, yeah, isn't he a really big uh, UFC or boxing guy? UFC and, and Max Kellerman. 
I think he's a fighter guy. That's what we need, though. We need someone to go, like, hey, Max Murphy is on the market. He could go against Stephen A. all day long. I'm, you know, I'd even throw out the name Sam Ashley. We need a polarizing figure. I don't know if I'm a polarizing figure. I feel like we need. I I'd say you're like the. I'd say you're like the logical, kind of man. Uh, speaking of logical, I think in your power rankings with your top four college football teams that we were just talking about before this show. Um, speaking of logical, maybe you got something there. But who are your top four? college football teams my top four teams are georgia at one alabama at two ohio state at three and then usc at four so you're you're just a media espn dick rider uh okay so have you heard of joel clatt are you familiar with him familiar joel clatt has to be not not just my favorite the greatest college football voice in america okay so I'm, i'm glad you agree with me then Joel Klatt helped many people understand in his segment earlier this week that uh, the talent discrepancy between you know the college teams, the top three college teams, and then the the mediocre teams, and then the great teams, right? So I you've got to FAU, yeah. Florida Atlantic University, and you've got USC right here. Yes, the talent discrepancy, right? <laughs> I love, so got, you watch Colin Coward. You watch Colin these Coward. Two teams. Okay? <laughs> the talent discrepancy between FAU and between. USC. Now, the talent discrepancy between USC and Alabama is the exact same. So that just shows you the top three teams and how much better they are recruiting and getting five stars. There's only 35, 40 tops, five stars in a class, and 30 to 50% of them every year are going to three schools out of 120 that are supposed to be eligible. The, the talent is too much better. You have to have those three in your top. Even if they lose a couple games, like not a couple, but even if they lose a game here or there, the talent means they're the four best teams, and until the play, until the playoffs are expanded, the only thing you can do is have those three teams in there. And then I think after USC's, you know, after the defense gets four interceptions, wins the game for him. You know, it's not Jordan Addison or it's not Caleb Williams that's having an you know, amazing game. Although they got the game-winning touchdown, it's the it's the defense with the four interceptions. So I got them at four over over a Michigan that I think is going to struggle against Iowa this week. I knew I was doing something right by brain. Not just a childhood friend, not just um, a man who took on uh, a cruise ship with me, but a man who listens to the greatest college football uh, voice in America, a man who watches Mr. Cowherd, and a man who absolutely ingrains knowledge, logic, into the viewers. But you brought up a great point. I would... Now, deep down inside... I was telling you before this. I can't believe I'm going on the podcast and saying this in front of millions of listeners, but I Georgia Thomas, is so Georgia is Yeah. A couple we don't get a couple, Sam. We get more than a few comments every time. But Georgia deep down inside, they're really, really good. I can't I was watching them versus Kent why in the hell would I watch them versus Kent State? Because I'm committed to my craft. Sam, they were struggling versus Kent State. And I heard this whole recruitment um, talent discrepancy that you're talking about. I totally understand. I saw it last year when Georgia won it. I think it's really hard for teams, even in uh, even in like a football league that has a lack of parity. And I was talking about in the intro why the NFL rules. Because the Bills can lose to the Jaguars. Even in a league that lacks parity, it's so hard for a team to repeat. When was the last time, like, Alabama or, like, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, or, like, Ohio State under Urban Meyer, when was the last time that they repeated? Like, it just doesn't really happen, even though it's the same six, seven teams that are in the college football playoffs every year. I think Georgia, they're obviously going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're my top four team because I got... One Ohio State, who their offense is putting up unreal numbers without their best offensive player. C.J. Stroud, quarterback, obviously, but without their best offensive player. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Sheesh, that was in sync. Jackson Smith and Jigba is unreal. I mean, top 10, top 15 pick in the upcoming draft. And they... It doesn't. You don't even know that he's not in the offense because Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Trayvon Hender- Henderson. Yes, Trayvon, Trayvon Henderson. Um, and the defense looks better. Ohio State's one. Ohio State's really good. Alabama, they're only two because – or they're only my second-best team because Texas scared me, a team that just lost to Texas Tech. Like what they were able to do to absolutely eliminate Will Anderson, who some say is the best defensive college player. I don't because if you're getting phased by Texas, <laughs> Steve Sarkey, what are we Texas, really doing? Uh, Texas I mean, he had five penalties. The, they had the number one recruiting offensive line in, in the nation. Their recruits last year on the offensive line was number one ranked. But your favorite, it's not your name, about no, being favored 21 points. It's like... I'm not your talking Will, about the covers, but I'm saying... You're Will Anderson. I'm saying Steve Sarkeesian, though, for the Texans, had the number one offensive line recruiting class last year. So that's where the talent comes in. If you can focus all that on one player, then you know all the other talent, because of the talent discrepancy, like you said, is just going to show. It's going to be junior battle making plays. It's going to be you know Eli Ricks making plays. It's going to be their playmakers that they got in the, kind of the offseason transfer portal. And then the players that have been there for like three years... They've got and they're gonna they're gonna get Arch Manning. They're gonna oh my god, too bad Bijan will be too bad Bijan will be gone when Arch Manning is there because that's gonna be a team to be reckoned with. Anyways, uh, that's why Bama's too though because well I saw versus Texas and supposedly the best defensive player wasn't promising. However, Clemson, who played a top twenty team in college football, Wake Forest. The Deacons I really like Sam at I, I like Sam Hartman too. Um, at Wake Forest, though. By the way, really embarrassing. Do you follow Big Game Boomer? I do not. Anyways, really embarrassing crowd that they had there for uh, South Carolina, North Carolina showdown. Anyways, uh, what DJ? Help me with this last name. Do you know? DJ Uwe Ungalale. <laughs> Uwe Ungalale. T DJ Uwe Ungalale. Uwe Ungalale. Lele. I'm going to call my boy DJ. Had No big deal. My boy DJ had 371 yards, 26 for 41, five touchdowns, no picks. You know, I don't even have this pulled up in my tab right here because I was so impressed with that stat line that I just memorized it. I was like, this guy gets absolutely crapped on by the media because oh he had to replace trevor lawrence and deshaun watson i i mean what are like the the expectations for this guy are absolutely through the roof guys that are some of the greatest college quarterbacks he was in the same recruiting classes as uh alabama's quarterback bryce young and they were both the two top five stars playing in california high school football I get that, and it's it's John Bosco's. It's taking a little bit, Sam. It's taking a little bit, but I think this was his coming out party. I think with that defense, he's gonna have three first round picks. Brian Breeze, who I think is the best defensive player uh, in college football. Player, no. I really Miles like Brian Breeze. Murphy is better than Brian. Breezy. I okay. Miles that's Murphy. what I'm saying, though. They got two guys on that D line that are top that could go top ten or will go top ten in the NFL. But I love Brian Breeze. Um, well, I mean. Jalen Jalen Davis. He's good. Thinking of? What's his name? Uh, the cornerback. No, 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 guy. Devonte, not Devonte Wyatt. The guy that played with Devonte Wyatt at Georgia. The other. Oh, Davis Jordan guy. Davis. No, Jordan no, no. Davis. Eighty-eight. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Yeah, yeah. He might be the best defensive player. He's in really good. Football. I haven't even heard about Jordan Davis. How's my boy in Philly doing? He's playing well. Ninety-seven's eating up tackles. Brandon Graham is playing really well. I know. When I saw, um, I don't know, I feel like no one has really seen it. My dad and I watched, uh, do you know All or Nothing on Amazon? So All or Nothing is basically like a Hard Knocks, except their version. It's directed, narrated, uh, produced by John Hamm. Mm -hmm. And they followed the Eagles the year, I think it was either Carson's rookie year or the year after they went to the Super Bowl. But Brandon Graham's like, because you know how, like, do you watch Hard Knocks with the Lions? I've seen You've se- Yeah, like, clips, like, they... About, know what it is, yeah. Yeah, like, they show really, like, the characters and, like, who people actually, like, are inside the locker room and that kind of thing. And Brandon Graham is that dude. 
Mm-hmm. Like, he's getting older, but what they showed in All or Nothing, like, he's such a good leader. He's just, he's such a good guy. He's got, like, the, his own foundation, which all these players do, but he's really good dude. Anyways, Brandon Graham's been balling. But top four teams. Sorry, I stopped at Clemson. I was just absolutely mind-boggled at when team, when the media is saying, Clemson is getting carried by their defense. DJ can't do this. DJ can't do that. Yeah, let's just go into Wake Forest and put 51 points on a good defense. Huh? Let's do that. How about that, Dabo Sweeney? You're number three. Number four, USC had to go into Oregon State, which some people, unless you watch that game, you're like, Oregon State? Who cares? Oregon State's pretty good. Um, good. They're playing at Oregon State is another level. Like, that place was absolutely... Do you watch the game? Uh, no, but I saw I saw videos. Placer's rocking. I don't know the name of the stadium. I don't even know where Oregon State is, other than Oregon. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure in Oregon. Is it in Oregon? That's what I would put my money on. Is that the state where Mr. Justin Herbert's from? Eugene. Eugene, Oregon. That's, in, that's inspiring. Anyways, uh, what USC, how they're able to come out of that game... And watching Georgia struggle at Kent State. It's a little bit of a difference there, Sam. I see Caleb Williams struggling. I see Jordan Aston struggling all game long. And then the one question that was answered last weekend, Saturday night, in Oregon State. The one question that we had for this USC team under Lincoln Riley. What's their defense like? Like, we can't name any players on their defensive side of the ball. What's their defense like? Because it gets shadowed, overshadowed by Caleb Williams and Jordan Asson. But four picks were able to keep pressure on the quarterback all night long. Low-scoring affair. Caleb Williams is playing bad. Jordan Asson's playing bad. And they come out of there with the win. And that is what I love. That's like, yeah, and I know you don't like the Broncos. You're a Chargers fan. But that's what I saw like with the, exactly what I saw with the Broncos on Sunday night. Versus the Niners. Nothing is going right. Their defense is keeping them in the game. Their punters keeping them in the game. Shout out Chad Powers with the $235 million quote that I loved. Um, nothing's going right. And when it really matters, Caleb Williams, Russell Wilson, they lead their team down, get a touchdown, and that's the game, folks. That's the game. And that's why I saw with USC. You have USC at number four, too. So, yeah, I, well, I, I believe in USC. I like I it. Believe in, uh, I believe in... You know, Jordan Addison, I think he's a real playmaker. And, uh, oh, what's number 26's name? Raheem, maybe. Number I'd, 26 is a great running back. I do know you're... No, 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 no. Travis no Dye, who, no who's, Travis a, no who's a transfer from Oregon. Travis Dye just runs around. You know, his brother Troy Dye is on the Vikings. No big deal. Uh, anyways, you don't know him because he doesn't play. Uh, sure. But, where was I going with this? Oh, five year Michigan. You don't have Clemson. I, do. I just drew Michigan at five. I do not have them. I just think that uh, you know Michigan deserves their respect. I don't know how. I have to, I think JJ Mar- JJ McCarthy didn't play well against uh, the last defense that they played, but you know Maryland, they're they're a pretty good team too. And we're gonna see how they play against this Iowa defense. But you know, Blake Corum is just that guy. Two hundred forty-three touchdowns and two hundred forty-three yards and about two or three touchdowns last week in a must-win game against Maryland. He has another. He has two set multiple. He has multiple two hundred yard rushing games. This, this Blake Corm's almost as good as Sean Tucker, Syracuse running back. That's crazy. He's good. He's he, really good. I mean, he's almost he's as good there. as. Like he's up there with. He's I mean, near. not quite Sean Tucker, but he's up there with uh, Bijan, with Deuce Vaughn. Shout out to the man who blocks for Deuce Vaughn. Who's that Andrew guy? Langang. Andrew Langang. He blocks for Deuce Vaughn. That's who. That's who. Next guest is it going to be, not to spoil anything, but I got uh, two guests coming on next week in the bye week for Syracuse. Uh, middle, outside linebacker, he's all over the field, who is going to get drafted this year. We're hoping Michael Jones, who's a top five linebacker in all of college football. Uh, offensive line captain, Matthew Bergeron, they're going to be coming on to the show. Anyways, we got big stuff coming to this podcast. overshadowed by me. By Sam Ashley. <laughs> I'd hope a couple people who have the blue check mark don't feel don't feel overshadowed. They might. They might. They might listen to this podcast and they might be a little bit intimidated. But this this weekly this weekly update with Sam trying to think of a name here is 
really helping kickstart this podcast, and I love it. We just talked about college football for a little bit. We're going to end with our NFL power rankings. I'm going to let Sam go first. All right, I will start my number. I'll, I'll start. I'll go five down. I want to go five down. My fifth best team in the NFL, I think, is the Ravens, and that's simply just because Lamar Jackson is him. Uh, How many hymns do we got going here, Sam? We should have a – I wonder if Mr. Colin Bach – I wonder if uh, the man behind the scenes, Mr. Colin, could get a little – Get a little hymn count. A little hymn, a little hymn counter. Okay. A little hymn well, count got, going. We've got a couple hymns on this list, but starting with the Ravens, you know, Lamar Jackson is just the ultimate offensive weapon. Makes grown adults look silly, and that defense, you know, makes other quarterbacks just look silly. So that's you know obviously going to be a five, top five team. Dolphins. This is where I got them. I, I you know beating the Bills even though with those rookies, but also you know. The Dolphins are a team that are explosive and a defense that can create turnovers, and so they can score a lot of points. That's why I got them at number four. Got the Bills at three after their loss. I, I got Bills know. at three. Okay. Yeah, I exactly. That. I don't think Josh Allen necessarily, you know, have that chance to win a game like that again and, and, and squander it, especially when they go for like over 200 more y- yards of offense and still lose the game. I don't think that's a very common thing. Yeah. How many. Fr- did they have? I think they had forty first downs, and Miami had like fifteen or something exactly. like that. Exactly. I don't think that's a common game. That's why I still have the Bills above the Dolphins, but they're right next to each other because the Dolphins deserve the respect. At two, I got everybody's you know Cinderella favorite. I guess I got the Eagles at two. You know, a stout defense, playmakers all around. You saw Devontae Smith make some highlights this week, and uh, that run game is serious. That offensive line is serious. That entire front seven is serious, and Darius Slay. I mean, they're just such a complete team. Yeah, and then I uh, saw I saw it firsthand, unfortunately. But I and I wasn't under my like I wasn't at all talking bad. Like I was scared about the game. I was like, because I saw the Eagles offseason acquisitions. I saw their week one versus the Lions, and I was like, man, Vikings should be scared. But I didn't expect that. I didn't expect Darius Slay to yeah. absolutely put a lock on JJ. I didn't expect exactly. the. Just the outcome. That's crazy. They op- opened my eyes. Yeah, so that's why they're my number two team. And then my number one team is the Chiefs, the team that has you know, tormented the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos for the last however many years that you know Andy Reid has pretty much been there. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're just too, they're too potent offensively. They're really talented defensively, as you saw, against the Chargers, even though we were a little smaller in those a week ago, they're they're a really talented team, and I don't think, like you said, the Colts are a team to be slept on. Still a talented roster. It's gonna get some wins, and I don't think the Colts can be too penalized for that. So I got them at one. The Thursday night football game. Uh, I I do think, and I'm not saying this because my friend is a Chargers fan. I think the if I were to see that game again, the Chargers and the Chiefs, which we will see again, I think the Chargers have more talent. They're not better coached. I think they have a better secondary. I think their run game is better. I think the Chargers are actually a better team. And if it wasn't for, and I made a, I made a real emphasis. The game changer versus the Chiefs uh, week two was their set. Uh, Corey Lindsey getting hurt because Chris Jones is going to absolutely eat that alive. So Chris right? Jones, interestingly enough, though Zion Johnson, our first round pick out of, of Boston College was dominating. He was sticking his ground, and he was playing Chris Jones. Chris Jones moves yes. to the left side, plays against Matt Filer, who you know played very well for us at the left, on the left side right next to Rashawn Slater last year. Got dominated by Chris, by Chris Jones. Blew him up and got a couple tackle for losses and a couple sacks on Justin Herbert, who hadn't been sacked in the previous game or throughout the entire first half of the game. As soon as Corey Lindsley went down, and Chris Jones moved over to our, to our left side of our offensive line. That was hard to watch. And honestly, you saw it coming, like, literally the first play out half because the Chargers got the ball, and you're like, dude, this is going to be a long second half for the Chargers who had, a, I think, a 7- or 10-point lead going into halftime. And Justin Herbert was able to do things that not many injured, um, that injured quarterbacks could do. But I do think that if the Chargers get another lick, even without Rashawn Slater, uh, they'll have Joey Bosa back for the second game. I think 
I don't know if I want to claim that they're the better team because it's still Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But I think they're just right up there with them. They were outplaying that team all game until their center got hurt. And in center, in a center position, um, a, a position like center isn't one that's going to like that you see on paper and you're like, oh, that's going to change a game, like a backup center being in there, it's completely a, dead. It doesn't look as detrimental as it actually is. If you, like, watch that game, and the drop-off between Corey Lindsay and I can't even name your backup center's name was just enormous. I can't remember. Yeah. It was just crazy. But, anyways, uh, my top five teams, starting with five, the Vikings, just kidding, uh, the Dolphins are really good. Yo, let's see what's going on. Oh, they just put up a field goal. They're down 7-3 to three to the Bengals halfway through the first quarter. Um, so that game's already at 10 points, and we're halfway through the first quarter. I mean, <laughs> what, what more do you want from the Bangmaster himself? Uh, number five, Dolphins. Really good. Just super explosive. In a modern day game where we have quarterbacks, receivers, running backs who are dominating this game, like we've seen with the Bucks, Tom Brady. Like we've seen with the Chiefs, the Rams, a couple of previous Super Bowl winners in the last three years. Explosive offenses. And Mike McDaniels, good coach. They're going to win a lot of games. And they're going to be viable in the playoffs, especially in the AFC East with um, the Bills. But five, I like the Dolphins. Six, I have the Ravens. I love the Ravens. But five Dolphins, four Broncos, of course. I mean, what more do you want? You think I'm just going to look at all these power rankings and see the Broncos below the top 16 and not put them in my top five, Sam? Hey, all I see is that they're tied at the top of the best division, the whole NFL. That's all I see. Number four, Broncos. I mean, the best head coach in the league, (laughs) Nathaniel Hackett. Mm -hmm. The best quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson. What more do you want? Number four. Number three, Buffalo Bills. We both had the Bills at three. Um, Ken Dorsey absolutely losing his mind was amazing to see me watching the Vikings who can't even stop the Lions me watching the Vikings with Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football that's how I react and that's how every NFL fan reacts when you can't get the ball snapped with one second left to have your chance to win the game with the game winning field goal Uh, number two Chiefs and the home of the Chiefs! They're good. Dude, They're good. Scott, I want to see... I'm waiting to see Sky Moore and Juju click. Because once those guys are clicking with Travis Kelsey, with Scantley and, I don't know, just a couple roll wide receivers, mm-hmm. um, I think when those two... Yeah, yeah. I think when those two guys, Juju and Sky Moore, start getting going with Travis Kelsey, that team is really good. Number one, Eagles. Only because of what they did to the Vikings. That's honestly the only reason. Versus the fifth best team in the league, what they did. That's crazy, Sam. It's impressive. Uh, They get to... Oh, wait. Eagles. Who do they play this weekend? I should know this. They're my pick. The Vikings. Uh, Wait, the Eagles have a bye week. No, they play the Jaguars. Jaguars. Whoa, good game. Trevor Lawrence goes into Philadelphia. Yeah, it's it's in Philadelphia. Into? We're going to see the top two quarterbacks in the league. Showdown. Look at that. Minus Tua Tungvaluwa. Are you talking about Tua Tungvaluwa and Joe Burrow? Oh, no. Thursday Night Football. That that we're watching. Actually, it's going right now, so I don't know why you're still on this podcast. I'm going to let you go. You go watch that Thursday Night Football game. We're going to see you next week. Um, weekly update with Sam. Sounds good. Catch you guys later. Peace out. Let's transition to my favorite, the most important part of this podcast, Max 7 plays, NFL Week 4. First play out of seven, we're going with the Titans. Oh, a little bonus pick. I already dropped it. And I could eat my words here. Um, could not be good. They, it could be low scoring. But I see the Dolphins and Bengals going over 48 points. Little bonus pick. You guys won't be able to pick it, but I can. Um, number one pick Titans plus three and a half at the Colts. I think the Colts 
are like Sam said, and like I said at the beginning of the show, their talent is too good for the team to be losing in the AFC South. Darius Leonard, one of the best linebackers in all of NFL. Jonathan Taylor, the best one of running backs in the NFL. A man who is as healthy as can be. He missed his... I just read this stat. This is crazy. Uh, He just missed his first... Actually, I'm going to pull it up here. He just missed his first practice since high school. Since his high school days. That's unreal. But... uh, Where is it? Oh, it's right here. An Iron Man streak quietly came to an end Wednesday. Yesterday. When Colts running back Jonathan Taylor missed his first football practice due to a toe injury. Not just his first practice in the NFL. Taylor never missed a practice at Salem High School in New Jersey, at University of Wisconsin, or with Indianapolis until Wednesday. That's unreal. Iron Man. Uh, That team is really good, I think. I think Matt Ryan's good enough to get them to the playoffs. I don't know how much he'll do in the playoffs. I think they're the best team in the FC South. But coming off a really big win, their biggest win the last couple years against the Chiefs at home last week. I think their emotions are going to be riding high. And I think the Titans, <clears throat> with Derrick Henry, and a team that just beat the Raiders, which I don't know how much we're saying about the Raiders because they're on three. But I think the Raiders are a good team. Um, I think the Titans go into the Colts, and maybe they don't win, but they cover three and a half points. It's going to be a close game. It's a division game. Three points, too much to ask. I love that pick. Um, number two, I'm at seven plays. Ravens plus three at, no, sorry, at home versus the Bills. And this is why I like it. If they're going to Buffalo, a team that just lost to the Dolphins when they couldn't get the ball snapped and they couldn't get spiked with one second left, Ken Dorsey absolutely losing his mind. If it was at the Bills, I wouldn't like it. It's at home. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, get your popcorn ready. This game is going to be close. I don't know who wins. No one knows who will win. Um, I do think the Ravens, if they do lose, it will be within three points. Upset alert, though. Ravens plus three and or money line versus the Bills at home. Number three out of seven plays Chargers minus five at the Texans. Just had my Chargers friend, fan, on the show, on the podcast. Sam, uh, your team is going to roll the Texans. They're pissed. They're mad. They're injured. About that last week loss versus the Jags. Not just losing to the Jags, getting blown out. They're pissed about Thursday night football two weeks ago when Justin Herbert was getting walloped after your center got hurt. They're pissed. They're angry. They're hungry. They need a win. Chargers are going to go into Houston. They're going to fly from LA all the way to Houston. They're going to touch down. In Houston, not just in Houston, but in their end zone many times. Chargers minus five versus the Texans. Number four, over 45 and a half points in Jags versus Eagles. Great offenses, good defenses. Actually, the Eagles do have a really good defense, but I think the Jags are good enough on offense to put up some points. I think the Eagles are good enough on offense to put up some points versus the Jags average defense. You know what we like to say on this show? Where's my pen? I don't want my pen with me. Can't believe that. You know what we like to say on this podcast? This has shootout written all over it. Over 45 and a half points. Jags versus Eagles. Number 5 out of 7. Cardinals plus 1 versus the Pan. Vegas usually knows what they're doing. Vegas, what are you doing? How are the Cardinals favored? Sorry, how are the Panthers favored versus the Cardinals? Versus Kyler Murray, versus Marquise Hollywood Brown, versus J.J. Watt. How is Baker Mayfield favored versus the Cardinals? Give me this as my most confident pick of the year to this point. I might put $500 on it myself. Cardinals plus one, money line versus Panthers. Lock that one in. Are the Cardinals at home for this game? It'd be really scary if they were home, too. 
because then I really just don't know what's going on. Okay, they are at the Panthers, but still, plus one, my line. I love it. Number six out of seven. We're going with two primetime games as our last two picks. Chiefs money line versus the Bucks Sunday night with Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth on the call. Chiefs money line in Tampa Bay that's going through a hurricane right now. Prayers up to the hurricane survivors and Florida that's going through Hurricane Ian right now. Chiefs are going into Tampa Bay after a loss. You don't see Patrick Mahomes lose many times in September and October. And it's not going to happen again. Sorry, Tom Brady. Chiefs are walking in there and winning. And so are the Rams at the 49ers. This is another questionable line that Vegas has going here. And you know what they say, Vegas always wins in the end. But not this time. Rams plus one at the 49ers. I love this. I love the money line. I love this whole play. A team, both teams have gone off to tough starts. Rocky starts. But I think the Super Bowl champs, who knows this team better than anyone else, is going to go into San Francisco, go up a couple hours in Cali, and they're going to beat the 49ers at Candlestick Stadium. Jimmy G has been struggling, which he doesn't usually. Uh, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the boys. Jalen Ramsey, they're going to turn around. Aaron Donald, let's do it. Those are my seven points. One Titans plus three and a half at Colts. Two Ravens plus three at versus the Bills. Three Chargers minus five at the Texans. Four over 45 and a half points and Jags versus Eagles. Five Cardinals plus one in money line at the Panthers. Six Chiefs money line versus the Bucks. And seven Rams plus one at the 49ers. Let's move into week five. Can you believe it? Syracuse is going to go five and oh. They play Wagner on Saturday. Syracuse is going to go five and oh. And they could be ranked. They're ranked number 25 in coaches pool. Soon it's the AP pool. Play 1 out of 7. Wake Forest plus 7 at FSU. Coming off one of the craziest games in their program history. First Clemson overtime in Wake Forest. Um... I think they bounce back. I don't know if they beat FSU, especially at FSU. That's a tough one. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than seven points. You think FSU is going to beat them by a touchdown? Sam Hartman and the squad? Come on. Number 22 versus number 23 ranked teams going at it, and it's seven points. Give me a break. Wake Forest plus seven at FSU. Number two, over 43 points in Clemson versus NC State. What did we learn from week one? With Clemson, or sorry, week four with Clemson. They can put points. DJ can do his thing. It's not just the defense that's carrying this top three squad in college football. That offense can put points too. My favorite, second favorite college football player right now, Shipley. Jake Shipley, Will Shipley, sorry, um, is an absolute stud. For Clemson. Will Shipley is the man. I love watching this guy. Dynamic, not only running back, but receiver. He can do it all, and he's going to do it all, including putting up some points for NC State, which I think has a good uh, offense and good quarterback too, Devin Leary. Two really good teams. Um, North Carolina, South Carolina, showdown, rivalry. Clemson, NC State, over 43 points. Over 52 points in you guys might just think I'm doing all overs. I'm not. But over 53 points in Purdue versus University of Minnesota. Ian O'Connell, Purdue offense, they can put points. And so can Tanner Morgan. And PJ Fleck. I love that coach. U of M's got a really good team this year for the first time in a while. And over 52 points is the play here. Let's move on to number four. Under 56 points in Oklahoma State versus Baylor. This game, man, there's a lot of rank-to-rank games going on this week. This weekend in college football, Saturday, it's going to be one of the best weeks that we will see until we get up to bowl games, bowl week in January. OK State versus Baylor, border battle, under 56 points. Great defenses, OK offenses. When you think of Oklahoma State, who's a top 10 team this year, and you think of Baylor, who's a top 15 team this year, what do you think of? What are their team identities? Defense. 
stout defenses. And they're going to hold up in this showdown. Under 56 points. Kentucky plus 7 and upset alert. Ding, ding, ding. At Old Miss. In Mississippi. Will Levis, who's going to be the third quarterback selected. Will Levis, who is going to be taken top 20 in the 2023 NFL draft. Will Levis, who is an absolute stud for basketball school. Football school now. I love it. Kentucky. Love this team. I would put them in my top five, but I think that'd be a little bit a little bit of a reach. That might be like my Broncos take. Anyways, Kentucky plus seven upside alert at Ole Miss. Number six out of seven plays Texas Tech plus seven and a half at Kansas State. Kansas State, who's rolling high? They're on cloud nine. They just beat Oklahoma. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Let's have a parade. Nope. Texas Tech, who just beat Texas. They're on cloud nine as well. They're a really good team. They're going to go into K-State and maybe not win. I think the boys, Andrew Langang, Deuce Vaughn, Martinez, I think the boys are going to win, but not by more than seven. Texas Tech is going to keep it close. Number seven. Oh, my Mac 7 college football week five plays under 69 points in TCU versus Oklahoma. Holy 69 points. Are we, what are we doing here? Let's take a deep breath. Oklahoma still has a good defense. Kansas State exposed them. That happens. Kansas State owns Oklahoma. They still have a good defense. TCU still has a good defense. 69 points is way too much here. I could eat my words. Maybe there's a reason it's at 69 points. Maybe it's a shootout. But I love this pick. Absolutely love this pick. So, under 69 points. Let's do it. Let's have a good week. We went 4-3 and three in college football last week. We went 3-4 and four in the NFL last week. Don't love to see it, but let's get a lot of green going. Let's get a lot of green going this week. Come on! There's just a couple things before I let this episode go. We're ready at 56 minutes, almost an hour. For an episode that we're going to be debuting some new features, right? I made a new logo um, on this website that I use called Taylor Brands. They're awesome. Uh, made a new logo. We're going to implement that into this episode. New intro, which you guys have already seen at the beginning of this episode. But what we're really going to do, when you watch shows like First Take, The Herd, the best show in all of sports, with the best host in all of sports, uh, Joe Klatt, he does the same thing. Uh, Pat McAfee, who has a three-hour show every day. What they do is they shoot for three hours. They do their show. Lots of people listen. And then they have their separate clips. Their special highlights from the day. And we're going to do that. So we're going to be releasing two, maybe three separate clips. Maybe some YouTube shorts. On the, for this episode on the YouTube channel. Check it out. When you click on my link in the Insta bio when I'm showing out this podcast, uh, however you find this podcast, make sure to check out the channel. Look around because we got some, if you don't want to watch the full hour-long podcast episode, I get it. It's really long. Um, my brother has been giving me advice on this too. It's hard for someone to zone in for an hour. Uh, but we're going to upload some separate clips, some highlights from the episodes. So check that out. But before we end here, almost at an hour, I gave you my picks. Weekly update with Sam Ashley. He came on. I gave you a little preview on what could be on the podcast next week. Let's talk about Cooper Rush. Probably the most stud game manager I've ever seen. The stud best backup quarterback I've ever seen. I didn't just notice it on Monday night versus the Giants in MetLife in New Jersey. I experienced it firsthand. I wasn't at the game, but I experienced it firsthand when Cooper Rush and the boys, when Dak was hurt, they came into the Minnesota Vikings into US Bank Stadium and he did his thing. Why is he 3-0 and as a starter? He didn't start all three games this year. He got that first win versus the Vikings. 
where honestly it's disrespectful to call him a good game manager because he's just a good quarterback. He gets the ball delivered to where it needs to be. He gets Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, Noel Brown, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. He gets them open. He gets them the ball. And Dak Prescott is my favorite quarterback. Russell Wilson's my second favorite quarterback in the NFL. But Cooper Rush, very impressive on what he has been able to do as taking over the role from the man who's getting paid $35 million a year, Dak Prescott, stud game manager. What was more important in this Monday night showdown? We saw the same old, same old with Daniel, Danny Dimes. Let's stop calling him Daniel Jones. Let's stop, or sorry, let's stop calling him Danny Dimes. He's Daniel Jones. He's a really below average quarterback. As we've known for the last three years, when he got picked ahead of really good quarterbacks who are now better in the league than him at Duke. I mean, if you're drafting a quarterback from Duke, what are we really doing? If you're drafting a quarterback from UNC, from the ACC bottom tier basketball schools, what are we really doing? Who's the UNC quarterback that I'm talking about? Mitch Trubisky. I put him in the same tier as Daniel Jones. We saw the same old, same old. Daniel Jones, Giants fans, don't complain about your old line. Don't do it. Watch tonight's game. Look at Cincinnati. Watch the Bengals tonight. Look at their O-line. Complain about your O-line all you want. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow took what I think was a flawed team. That doesn't matter, though. They got to the Super Bowl. Gotta give them credit there. Took a team with one of the worst offensive lines to the Super Bowl. You don't have anything special at quarterback, and he won't get you to the playoffs. We saw the same old, same old, and we saw Cooper Rush take him down. Don't just look at the Bengals O-line. Watch Sunday night and Monday night football with the Rams O-line. Andrew Whitworth retired. I can't name a player on their O-line now. They got third stringers in there. Watch what Matt Stafford's able to do with them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Watch Tom Brady. His O-line has been so hurt. We've seen so many backups that we've never heard of come into their first three games. He's 2-1. So are the Rams. Watch these teams with battle lines. Don't complain about your old line. I talked about USC and Clemson answering the questions that I had. Will Shipley, one of my favorite college football players. Top four team. DJ Wegelele's stat line. 26 for 41, 371 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, and a win. First Wake Forest. The offense was rolling. USC's defense was tough. Love these top four teams I have. Georgia's close. Georgia's really good. They're not quite up there. Um, what was the highlight of my last weekend? President's Cup. Thursday through Sunday, just like I do on majors. Didn't leave my bed unless I was using the bathroom or I was going to get food. Because the President's Cup was on. It was a lot closer and a lot more fun than I thought it would be. I thought the USA would roll. Actually, no, I didn't think the USA would roll because I bet on international team to keep it close, which they did. Very inspiring performance. Tom Kim is the absolute man, superstar in the coming years. Sung JM on Tony Fina's Instagram. Go check that out. He's dancing, doing his thing. That was awesome to see. But I love that international team. There's so much fun to root for. Um, the headlines that we had, Siwoo Kim shushing the crowd at Justin Thomas, beating him when they were the first match out to keep it close within day four. President's Cup did not fail. Go watch Liv. Go fall asleep watching Liv. Do whatever you do. Go watch the Saudi-backed league that is making... Lots of money and not putting out a good product. I hear that they're in talks with Fox Sports, which absolutely breaks my heart. Fox Sports, a team or a network that has been covering the Vikings for the last however many years. A network that had my favorite announcer, Joe Buck. A network that has my favorite college announcers, Gus Johnson, Joe Klatt. Don't do it with Liv. Please. I know they're not going to listen to this, but that'd just be very disheartening. Um, 
Live Golf isn't trying to grow the game. They're making money. Who cares? You can make money in the PGA too. In a more competitive league. In a way better league. In a league where all the greats are from. Even Greg Norman who started up Live. Even Phil Mickelson. Even Dustin Johnson. Even Brooks Kepka. You wouldn't know who these guys were if they weren't for the PGA Tour. Don't back Live Tour. Don't do it. It's a hole. But anyways. I'm going to watch the Vikings win. Sunday morning in London. I get to watch college football all Saturday. And then I get to wake up Sunday morning. 9.30 Eastern time. Get to watch the Vikings go into London. Tottenham Stadium. UK. And watch them beat down Jameis Winston. Hopefully. What a week four in the NFL we're going to have. I'm going to get to watching the Bengals and the Dolphins. And what a week five in college football. Ranked team versus ranked team. Ranked team versus ranked team. Ranked team versus ranked team. Watch Alabama going to Arkansas. That's going to be a good game. Sit back, relax, watch these great football games, and have a good weekend. Take it to the Max Sports Podcast, episode number seven. Stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Thanks, Sam Ashley, for coming on.